from the 7.30 The Game studios in Uptown Charlotte. Welcome to the second Yellow Soccer Show. 7.30 The Game, your place for all things Charlotte. Now the host, here's Jason Bailey and Brad Barnett. Welcome to the second Yellow Soccer Show. I am Jason Bailey, joined once again by Charlotte Independence assistant coach Dave Dixon. How are you doing tonight, Dave? I'm doing great, Jason. How about yourself? Not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah, we wanted to bring you in just to essentially preview this uh, matchup with the uh, St. Louis FC coming up. Um, one of the main topics that I want to kind of discuss was Coach McGinnis being back in Ireland for a few days here, um, finishing up his coaching licenses over there. And sounds like you were running training and just want to get your, uh, you know, opinion about that and a little bit of insight. How, how are things going for you this week? Yeah, I know. I think we've we've had a great, great week of work and um, the guys have been really professional um, and attentive and uh, excited to get to work. Um, you know, we're preparing for a really big game. St. Louis is is really hot right now and on a good streak and a difficult matchup. And so we had a had a lot of work to do this week. And, um, you know, we're really pleased, pleased with what we accomplished uh, we got one more training session tomorrow to button up a few little things, but uh, overall, I think it was a really excellent, uh, excellent week. Yeah, and we don't want to dive too much into the previous couple games, but just based on those games, what was training this week kind of focused on? Is there a certain area that you guys hit on a little bit more than previous weeks? Uh, yeah, I mean, some of it was based on, you know, analysis of the games, the previous games and, and where we felt like we needed to be better in aspects of the game. And certainly some of that is from a, a defending perspective. And so we worked, uh, a lot at the beginning of the week in, uh, some of our counter pressing and moments of, uh, you know, pressing moments that we can kind of button up and then. Towards the end of the week here, we've worked on a little bit of uh, stuff inside the box and a little bit with defending crosses and defending inside of our box. It's something that we have to get get better at. We've given up two goals, um, one in the Indy game and one in the Atlanta game from really just poor marking. And so we did some things that kind of focused on that and, and then, uh, you know, set our sights towards St. Louis and, you know, the the things that the, you know, the problems and challenges that they're going to uh, give us. And so we kind of focused, they're a very good defensive team, um, sit in a mid block, most, most of the, you know, every part of every game and try to suck you forward and then counter. And so we worked a lot on our established possession in the attacking half and ways that we could break them down and, um, you know, both centrally and out wide. Um, so, yeah, we, we, uh, we got a lot done. In, in the week and I'm really really pleased with it no that's fantastic and you know one of the uh, listener feedback that we got there was some coaching terminology that they didn't quite understand so can you kind of okay. go back to the counter pressing um, just mm -hmm. give that in layman's terms right so for us in the counter pressing is when when we give the ball away when we're in possession and we give the ball away it's our basically it's the reaction the reaction to that to go and try to win the ball back as quick as you can. So, you know, for example, when we're, we're in possession of the ball in the attacking half, 
we should have numbers around the ball. We should have numbers forward and close to the ball. So when we give it away, we want to that click, that switch to go off really quickly that we can try to win it back because that's when they're the most vulnerable. When they've, they've won it from you, they're trying to expand and play. And if you can win balls back in those situations, you normally can break on, on teams and find seams and gaps to play through. And that's something that we've, we feel like we need to get a little bit better at. Um, we're doing a bit better job to possess the ball once we get forward. And, and uh, we want to make sure that we can make the most of, you know, even our own mistakes. When we make mistakes in possession, how do we capitalize even on those, those moments? And, um, you know, some teams play just a counter press. They try to play balls forward. And, you know, there's some teams in Germany that play and try to play a ball to lose it so that they can press the ball. But, uh, but for us, it's based on when we we're established in possession and we lose it, how quickly can we turn them over, or force them into a bad, bad pass. Did you see the halftime with Taylor Twelman and uh, Greg Barhalter, where they, where Coach Barhalter went into this as far as the national team, how he wants them to perform? I did. Yep, I actually did watch that, and I thought that was brilliant. So is that pretty close to what you guys are going for, as far as just positioning in possession, so that you can cue on the loss of the possession, be able to win it back immediately, or is there? pretty significant differences between Burhalter and coach McGinnis's um, systems. Actually, there's not a lot. Um, there's a few little minor, minor things. I think that um, both in, in Burhalter and even in coach McGinnis's philosophical perspective of the game is like to be able to force the game. And so exactly what he was talking about with Taylor Twelman, the positioning that you take up inside of, the possession. So there's just little details. It's maybe five yards here. It's, it's pressed a little bit higher or it's tucked in a little bit more. We've been working on those same things. Um, Cause like I said, that's a really key moment that, you know, teams are vulnerable and you can take advantage of that. And I think based on we're getting better and better in possession. And so we're going to have even more opportunities to be able to do that. And, and with players like Enzo and Alex and, um, you know, even Jake Armand and some of those guys that have real capacity to run and the desire and mentality to do that, um, we, we can really, I think, hurt teams in that, in that area um, in the future. Gotcha. And one of the other um, coaching terms you used was pressing moments. Um, mm-hmm. And we don't want to give away, uh, you know, too much to uh, the uh, St. Louis crowd here. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, if their coaching staff is reviewing tape, I'm sure they can kind of cue in on this. Of course. But, so yeah. what as fans can we look for as those pressing moments or the cues when the independent should be pressing? Sure. So, I mean, there's, there's different ones, obviously. Um, there's different triggers that help to – kind of key key the pressing moments there's some that are based on the flow of play and it could be a a ball that is played over a center back and he has to turn his back and he's running towards the corner it's a bad touch there's those types of moments but there's also then moments of when the other team is established on the ball and fairly comfortable and you're in your shape you're trying to 
um, dictate where the ball goes so that you can try to win it back. So I, I call it condition the game. So when you watch our shape as a fan and you watch the center backs with the ball, our two forwards, uh, so in the last game that was Dom and Enzo, their job is to try to condition the game and move those players, make them play into the areas that we want to press. And then when they play that ball, that's our trigger that we jump and we go press and squeeze as a team. And that's where uh, Jim has been working tirelessly to convert in our mindset and convert in our uh, just that mental toughness, fortitude, whatever you want to call it, inside of our players to be really committed in that area. So as soon as that trigger happens, boom, everyone's going, everyone's locked on and a hundred percent committed. And so that's where I think, you know, some of we're making some mistakes that are, we're getting punished for a little bit because that's a huge, huge mindset shift for a lot of players. And if one guy makes a mistake inside of that, that pressing moment, um, there's teams in our league that are good enough to find those holes and play out of you. So we're going to continue to get better on that. And we worked on that uh, actually today. We worked on some of those triggers and there's a lot of them that can present themselves in the St. Louis game based on the way that they play as well. And so hopefully we can take advantage of that this Saturday. Yeah. And I won't ask you to be any more specific than that, but if you go back to our previous podcast, you might be Uh able to, Connect the dots. So, uh, listeners, yes. you can do that. Um, the other <laughs> coaching term that you kind of threw out there earlier was mid-block. Can you just give yeah. us a little explanation sure. of what that is? Yep, no problem. So that you basically, if you divide the field vertically into three sections, um, the middle of the field, so you could um, you know, draw it up in 40-yard sections, the middle 40 yards of the field, um, would be um, where they would set up defensively in their block. And that's just their, the way their team's connected. So St. Louis defends in a 4-4-2. So two banks of four, four defenders, four midfielders, two forwards. And the, that those two four blocks get really tight together in an eight block and um, right there in that middle part of the field. So what they try to do is invite you forward and, you know, Teams get impatient and throw numbers forward and then force balls into those blocks and they then pick off those passes and try to play behind you or play diagonally out of those midfield blocks. Um, and so that's something we've worked a ton on this week as well is being patient and how we want to pull apart um, that block of players. And, and that's the key. So they give you space wide and they give the, you space in front of, uh, front of their block to hold the ball um, and to play um, what we have to do is figure out ways that we can disconnect that eight block of players. So that back four in their midfield four. And we have players that if we do, then can hurt them like an Enzo. Enzo is really good at playing in between lines. So in between those block of four players and four midfields and four defenders, he's really good at finding balls in there. So what we have to do is, the guys on the outside and the guys deeper in the midfield have to be really patient and play with a good speed of play and tempo and rhythm so that we pull them apart both vertically and horizontally and then find players inside their structure and in the block. Uh, you know, guys like Enzo and that are really good at, and Jorge actually is really good at finding those pockets of space. So 
um, yeah, but that's what I mean by that. Gotcha. And yeah, and you, um, you've said it a couple of times the established possession. So if Charlotte does that, where, you know, they've connected a few passes, you're expecting St. Louis to drop into this deeper, you know, not deeper, but this mid block where uh-huh. their center forwards, if they're playing this four, four, two, you're expecting them to kind of be around that center circle. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. And so that does allow our center backs, back four, goalkeeper, plenty of space to to swing the ball around, keep possession. Right. And then there is a little space to play over the top, but not a ton of space, it sounds like. Um, right. So it's really about moving the ball quickly enough, getting those guys out of position, yeah. and then hopefully being able to play through lines. Um, we do have some speed, and one yeah. of the areas we want to chat tonight about is um, – what players are available. You know, we did see uh, Dominic Aduro kind of go off with a little bit of a hamstring issue. Is he back training? Is How is he doing today? Yeah, he trained fully all week. So it was more of a precaution. So Dom had injury before the first game, and he was just feeling fatigued and tight. And being a, a good pro, he was smart. I mean, he, he – pulled himself out of the game before it could become a problem. Um, so he's, he's fully, fully fit. He's trained every day um, to the full capacity. Um, and so he, so he's available and we'll have our full roster available. We'll have the guys back from international duty. Um, you know, Kevon obviously was back for the Atlanta game. Joel Johnson will be back and Kiva Tuka will be back as well. Um, now the capacity that we use them, we'll see. That'll be based on, uh, you know, how we feel they've recovered because they were both on very, very long flights um, and played, you know, Joel played 90 minutes in his game. So so we'll see, but, but a key player for us, for sure. And we need him back in the mix. And it was actually quite surprising to see Kevon uh, George in the previous game was there any special reason he was able to come back and make it for our game? Um, well, they uh, he was able to get back on an, just an earlier – it was just luck, to be honest, that he got back in time. Um, he was able to get on an earlier flight, and um, we contemplated not – I mean, hard travel was uh, difficult for him, but, um, again, he stepped up like a good pro and – you know, we put him on the bench and said, you know, hopefully we don't have to use you. Um, we, obviously, we ended up needing to, to use him and scored a great goal. Um, great goal for us. So, um, but I, you know, credit to him because he, he had a long flight and long couple of days of travel. But he's fully, uh, fully fit and ready to go as well. Had a good week of training. Yeah, and if he's going to, you know, score a goal like that, then perhaps he needs to uh, travel more often as well. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's the secret. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, one of the areas I wanted to kind of chat about was, you know, just kind of a little bit of behind the scenes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Hugh Roberts had that moment, uh, the second goal Atlanta scored, where, you know, whether it's turf-related or just one of those things, he did slip. Uh, Romario was able to take advantage of it and get the goal out of it. When you guys kind of review that as a group, as a team, do you kind of make that a, a lighthearted moment? Do you make it a kind of a, a comedic thing or how do you guys address that? Yeah. 
Um, you know, I think it's obviously with each each player different. I mean, some some guys, you know, in front of their peers, whether you make it a comedic moment or not, is is a difficult for them. Um, but we try to. I mean, with Hugh, he's a Hugh's a great guy. He's really um, easygoing from that perspective, but he's also really um, you know, a, a realistic guy as well. And, and he knows when he makes mistakes or those things happen. Um, but no, for him, you could, you could have a little bit of a joke a couple of days later about it, but, um, we seem to have lots of players. I don't know what the deal was that couldn't, couldn't stay on their feet, um, during the game with, uh, with their footwear. So maybe we'll have to figure that out a little bit. Well, certainly don't blame the uh, the Sportsplex staff because that field seemed pretty pretty good. Um, no, hundred percent. That field's great. They were. I was out walking on it today. They they're starting to cut it shorter and shorter now. That uh, hopefully it starts to get warmer. And Jonathan that takes care of the fields and manages the the stadium fields. He does a fabulous job. And um, you know we're we're blessed to play in one of the I think one of the best surfaces in the in the league. There's not too many that you can name that are that are better. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, prior to the uh, home opener, they had that big lacrosse tournament where four four games were played on it over the previous weekend. So the fact that uh, pouring rain in pouring rain, yeah, it was uh, not great conditions, and lacrosse is terrible for grass. So um, yeah. So you, you did say um, all the players are available, or most of them are available. Last time we had you on, you know, the young goalkeeper Curtis Anderson was not, you know, hadn't been here too long. What have you learned about him since you were uh, last on? Yeah, no, it, it's been good to see him for for over a week, and uh, it's been great this week because our um, we finally were able to get in our full time goalkeeper coach, um, Nate Walzer, is in, and so. Um, it was really, really good to, to see him train over a period of, you know, five days here. And, um, he's an excellent shot stopper. I mean, today we were playing a little game in tight, a little finishing exercise that was basically the goals were about 22 yards apart and everything was just super quick and reactive. And he was making some phenomenal saves. So was Brandon, but, um, but he's an excellent shot stopper. He's very confident. He's a good organizer. Um, very good feet as far as being comfortable with the ball and comfortable in possession. Um, you know, so he's just he's young. He's still young, and he's still you can see some of some of that in him. And the goalkeeping position is a is a you know it's like a fine wine. You get better with age, and it's. Uh, you know, I think he's one of those guys that has a huge upside um, and he's going to compete, which is great. And that's going to, again, I think I mentioned this before, that's going to make Brandon better for us. And that's we need two starting level goalkeepers to get through uh, a USL season. You know, Mark Hill kind of fell into that same category as far as joining fairly late. We did get to see him a little bit in this past game. Yeah. Um, what else have you learned about him in the past few days or past week or so of training? I'm, I'm really excited about Mark. I think once we get him fit, um, you know, and get f- fully fit and engaged, he is, he's going to be a player that really helps us. He's, he's got very good feet. He, um, 
and he can really pick out passes. He sees passes well. I think he's got a little bit of a burst in him, um, you know, that I didn't expect in the Atlanta game, that little burst he had for the goal that they called offside. Um, you know, I honestly didn't expect that and didn't see that in the first few days that he got here. Um, so, but we've got him on a good plan. He's been doing a lot of extra work and we're hoping to get him to, you know, full match fitness as quick as possible. Um, but I think he's going to be a player that, that people like watching. He's smart. He's, um, sees passes really well. So like he's got the ability to find a ball in the midfield and pick out runners. Um, and so I think that'll be an, an extra benefit for us for sure in the midfield. So if everything goes right, um, how many minutes do you think Mark Hill could kind of perform at a top level on Saturday? Um, I, I think honest, to be honest, I think he's about 30 minutes right now. Gotcha. Um, from at, at full, full tilt for him. And, and that's, uh, because of the requirements of how Jim wants to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's, that's a big factor in that. If we were a team that sat in a little bit, like, uh, some of the other teams in the league and maybe, maybe that stretches out where he could get to maybe 50, 60 minutes, but based on the way that we want to play and how vertical and how aggressive, um, you know, he really, really can only probably be at full tilt for 30. So, um, you know, I don't, I think this weekend that's still the plan is to get him minutes, you know, depending on what the game structure sets up, um, you know, so that we can start working him towards that. But it was a shame that he wasn't able to be here for preseason, um, you know, and get into those games and get some game, you know, game time underneath him and where you could push him a little bit longer. It's tough ask to ask someone that's not fully fit to step into a game that you're playing for points, um, you know, and, and to perform. And, and at the end of the day, it's not fair for that player as well. So... So I would imagine that we'll we'll get a 25 or 30 minutes out of him this weekend. Gotcha. And last question for me. Does the mm-hmm. turf change anything about the strategy or tactics for Coach McGinnis? Uh, I, no, I think it maybe would amplify some of the aggressiveness because you're not, you're not obviously getting um, – you're getting weirder bounces and rolls and different things like that and the speed of the turf can can actually help a pressing team um in in some capacity um but i think the the biggest thing for us is you know from an attacking perspective um you know we talked a lot about that this week that you know how can we make sure that uh again when we get in the attacking half that we can be comfortable on the ball and use the fast surface to play because i think in tight space playing quickly and combining, we have some really good players. I mean, I thought in when Jorge came on and there were some sequences between Jorge, Enzo, Alex on that right side of the field that were really quite good. And so I think on turf, some of those things I, w- will help us as well. But the biggest factor is, you know, is fitness and um, for our, your body. So this week we tried to manage it knowing that we're going to be traveling and then also playing on turf. It can m- mess with your fatigue level and stuff like that. 
Gotcha. Well, I appreciate you uh, coming on today. Give us a little bit of a preview for the St. Louis game here. If uh, fans are interested in watching the game, there's you got two main options. Head out to Jack's house on Elizabeth Avenue, or you can watch it on ESPN+. And as Brad loves to say, no matter who you support, let's all work together to grow the game. Now a word from our newest sponsor, the 12th Man Pub, South Charlotte's new home for soccer. Open for all European, North American, and South American games with a full bar, 42 draft beers, plus liquor and wine. Daily lunch and dinner menus with weekend breakfast featuring a full English breakfast with Irish coffee and mimosa specials. Check out their daily food and drink specials while watching all of the games on their 11 TVs. Located at the intersection of Community House and Johnston Road, the 12th Man Pub. We like all sports. We love soccer.